One of the hardest hit regions of the catastrophic earthquake was northwestern Syria. It's home to millions of refugees who fled there after a decade of war. Now villages are flattened and the border is closed to aid agencies. In neighbouring southern Turkey, there's growing anger as survivors clamour for help and time runs out for people trapped alive under the rubble. UNICEF Senior Emergency Specialist Melinda Young is in Gaziantep in southern Turkey and joins us this morning. Thank you so much for your time this morning, Melinda. You were on the 10th storey of an apartment building when the quake struck. Can you describe what it was like when the quake struck? It was about um, quarter past four in the morning, um, so all soundly asleep, and then uh, and then everything just st- started to shake. Um, just shaking myself out of the out of out of sleep at first as what on earth is going on, um, um, but then it's like okay, uh, earthquake. And it was I've been working in disasters and conflicts for the last twenty years, and this was quite intense. I've been in earthquake zones as well. Um, that was an understatement. It was terrifying. Um, I just, I just stood up and chanted myself, put on your pants, put on your shirt, grab your passport, get some shoes, go, go, go. Um, I ripped off part of the door, just trying to, trying to get out. Um, and, uh, then in the corridor, there were like families, there were children screaming, women kind of on the floor crying. Um, people just, dragging other family members out the door to get to the staircase to to just run down those 10 flights of stairs and and out into the snow to to just get away from buildings and into some sort of relative safety an enormous level of 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 just shock and sheer terror and and what on earth and trying to process what on earth is going on while watching a otherwise you know stable and stolid structure just just wobbling in front of you it's now been several days since that first earthquake. What's the situation like where you are now? Describe the kind of conditions people are living in. Um, well, I'm in I'm in Turkey because our um, it's close to the Syria border uh, in Gaziantep here. Um, so our office here is to provide uh, assistance that I work on for Northwest Syria. Um, <clears throat> so that's that's the focus. I'm, I mean, I'm currently our office is being used as an emergency shelter for our, our staff and their their families and, and some cats. Um, and so there's 120 of us here um, uh, sleeping in the office, you know, working on the response as well uh, during the day. Um, and you know, we've had had some water today, which is lucky, and we've had some power, uh, which is is. Um, luxurious in comparison to to many other areas but particularly in, in Syria I mean children in the northwest have, have been displaced up to 10 times over the last years in conflict so to now have that very you know tenuous existence of displacement to displacement now affected by the the earthquake um is 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 shocking when a lot of systems, uh, a lot of water systems, you know, schools, buildings, hospitals, etc., already heavily damaged and compromised prior to this. Um, so now we're assessing um, uh, the the level of damage, but at the same time delivering. So UNICEF has. Um, um, delivered so far in northwest Syria, water and and you know essential hygiene kits to twelve thousand displaced people, um, those people in collection centres and and displaced settlements. So UNICEF's partners are are on the ground and delivering. While at the same time they're um, trying to look after their own families and make sure that they're they're safe as well. 
So what support are you able to provide? Obviously, we're in a we're still just days out. We're in an emergency phase. There's there's a big effort to try and rescue those still surviving, but hopes will start to decline now as time passes. How are you dealing with that scenario? Well, UNICEF had already um, pre-positioned some contingency stocks of essential supplies, like like these hygiene kits, like water purification tablets, um, which are absolutely essential. I mean, $80 can buy us 8,000 water purification tablets, which are, are key because actually there's also a, a cholera outbreak in, in Syria from um, September. And now with an earthquake, the the high risk is on water water contamination. So those things have already been provided. We've also got we we keep you know emergency stores of vaccines uh, over over the border in Syria, as well as nutrition supplies. There's been rising malnutrition already prior to prior to the earthquake as well. At the same time, we're we're loading trucks tomorrow in our supply division in Copenhagen um, to be to be sending over here to to then get across the border. There's also a lot of assessments. I mean, it's not just the supplies. I'm emphasizing the supplies as the tangible things. Those are the things that we can get out there quickly, that there's things that are affordable. Um, but UNICEF will also be having to kind of work with UNICEF's partners on the ground to, to fix the water systems, to provide case management and psychosocial support to, to children um, that have been affected by the crisis as well. A lot of those aspects that are, that are less tangible, um, but mm. absolutely crucial. So when do you think you'll be able to get back into Syria? And, and obviously the, the Syrian situation, which um, is is really just so, if I can be blunt, bleak, given the situation people are in already and now this compounding it. I mean, UNICEF works with um, community organisations and, and other organisations who are based in northwest Syria. They're still there. They are working, despite the fact that they're um, um, having to, to look after their own situation. First responders are also heavily impacted by this. So already that assistance is being provided out there. It's the um, complexity and the compounding of conflict with economic crisis, with cholera outbreak, um, with um, high levels of poverty, with what we expect to see as a drought coming up this season as well, low levels of the, of the river, now with earthquake. Um, so, I mean, there's long-term um, issues that are involved here. I mean, there's been increasing rates already prior to the earthquake of, of families um, marrying their girls early, of um, um, sending children out to, to work just because of the, the extreme levels of, of poverty and desperate need uh, to reduce um, burdens on families. Um, so that's why a particular emphasis for UNICEF is um, on, for example, education. Um, schools will be used as, as shelters during the earthquake. Many of these schools were already damaged by, by conflict and now some of these schools will have been destroyed as well. Um, but getting children into safe structures and safe routine uh, is critical for their entire future. Uh, otherwise, you know, a child who is traumatised, undergoing um, and, and not being able to go to school, uh, their entire future is gone. Um, so I, now I'm talking about decades of, of consequences. Mm. And I know a lot of the focus is on, you know, trucking of, of, of water and trucking of supplies, which is absolutely critical. But we have to be looking at the next two weeks but also you know, the next the next 10 years in terms of actually being able to, to deal with this. 
Yes, well, that's the far, far-reaching consequences of a disaster of this scale. Melinda, thank you so much for joining us. No problem. Melinda Young is a Senior Emergency Specialist for UNICEF and donations to help the relief effort can be made via the UNICEF website. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.